What's up, everybody? This is Chris Kane here with another episode of the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening, tuning in, telling your friends all that good stuff you've been doing. Keep up the good work uh, for me, really. Thank you for that. Um, I only have a couple of topics to get into today, but I think they're both deep enough and have enough richness that I don't need to like have a bunch of random stuff. The first one is something that I am not good at. I'll, you know, I'll put it out there. I'm not going to be yeah, dishonest with you guys. It's about staying in contact with people who you're close to or you were close to. This is mostly family and friends. I'm not the best person at staying in contact. I get caught up in my own stuff sometimes and I'm ripping and running between sets and you know clients and you can go a month, two months, three months and not reach out to somebody because they're not like around you. And so it's that kind of out of sight, out of mind thing, which is a terrible idea for someone who you, you know, hold dear. But I do this a lot with my family. And I think, and I can't, I can't blame my mom for this, but I'm going to try to a little bit. <laughs> um, my mom hates talking on the phone. She always asks, like, when we were kids, it was, we just didn't talk on the phone. If someone called, she'll answer, and it'll be a real quick conversation. She'll be out. She just really didn't enjoy doing that. And so being a kid and growing up around that, I think I just kind of got used to not doing that. And that's, that's kind of how that went. Conversely, my dad is a phone fiend. He has like three phones. Maybe he's doing some scandalous stuff. I don't know. He's got a lot of phones. He talks all the time. He called me at 3 in the morning to ask me about a game that happened two weeks ago. That's just the way he lives his life. But I don't stay in contact with a lot of people like I should. Like my siblings and, you know, godparents and these people. And it happens and it actually it throws me off when it when they reach out to me because the sentiment always is, Well, we don't know what you got going on in your life. You haven't reached out to us and said nothing to us. And my first thought is always <clears throat> I mean phones work both ways. We got Facebook, we got Instagram. Twitter, you know, you're keeping tabs on me. You kind of, you know, I'm alive. You know, I'm not like in jail and stuff. And so that's always my first thought is, you know, you could have reached out to me too. But I think what they're really just trying to say is, you know, you got to try. You got to make an effort on your end and try to keep us involved. I mean, you're the one that's moving around a lot. Maybe it's hard for us to keep up with you. And my mom actually called me maybe a week ago. And anytime my mom calls me, I think something's going on. Because again, as I mentioned in the first part of the story, she doesn't talk on the phone that much. So I'm, anytime my mom calls me, I'm like, all right, what does she want? Or what's wrong? Which is probably the worst thing in the world. Like, ideally, my mom should call and I should say, oh, cool, mom's calling. I wonder what happened to her today. Like on some, oh, I bought my favorite peanut butter in the store today kind of thing. I don't know if people call to do talk about stuff like that. That's not how my family works, but I know some people do. And she called me. And I was kind of nervous when I got on the phone because I thought she would say, hey, you know, someone's sick or, you know, you got to come back home or something. And she was just like, hey, I just want to let you know I've been following you on Twitter and I'm proud of the work you're doing. Now, this is, a, this is news to me because I did not know she was following me on Twitter. I don't know if you're supposed to get notifications about this kind of thing. I had no idea. I was like, who, when you've been following me on Twitter? Because I, I don't post nothing for real. But... There's probably some things I've posted that I would prefer if my mom didn't see it. And she was just like, you know, I saw you've been doing stuff, and I just want to reach out to you. And I hadn't heard from you in a couple of weeks. 
But I just want to tell you I love you. You're doing a good job. And it warmed my heart when she said that. And then she told me that she's been working on her music again, which is something she did when we were kids. But as she got older and we got more needy as kids, she kind of stepped away from. And she really kind of stopped doing what her passion was, which is recording music. And I've something I think about all the time, I think her music and her desire to be a famous musician is kind of what drove me to want to do the things I'm doing. And maybe it's some kind of genetic thing. Maybe it's just watching her, you know, sing songs while she's ironing clothes and like, you know, making chitlins in a pot or something that just stuck with me as a kid and just kind of made me go where I am. I don't know. But when she said that, I was, I was proud of her because I thought she had just completely given up on that. Because we don't talk on a daily basis. I assume before she started working on her music, there was a, you know, enlightenment phase where I was like, man, I got to get back to music. And I want to, is there anyone I can reach out to? Like, these are thoughts that you have before you actually start doing stuff. Uh, she already had a new coach and was working on a couple of new songs and stuff. And I was like, I missed all the buildup to this. I had no idea you were even feeling this way. And now you're already like working on it. And it just kind of made me, one, I was proud of her for doing it, but I said, dude, how, how many other things have I, have I missed already? Like things that, because we only talk for five minutes, you elevate the most, most important stuff. But some of that mundane stuff still matters. It's just not as important as, hey, you know, uncle so-and-so is sick. And she asked me if I talked to my older brother, and I was like, well, we've been doing some Facebook stuff and, you know, maybe on Twitter, and I realized I haven't spoken to him in like a month and I was like man I'm and she wasn't attacking me she wasn't blaming me for anything it was really just a you know are you keeping up with the fam and I, I really couldn't be like yeah I'm, 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 on, I'm on top of my game it really was well you know I've been moving around and our time zones are different so and I made a couple of weak excuses but ultimately it was me dropping the ball and this is something I have a propensity to do. People who are friends with me, who are listening to this, you know how I go. I can go a week, two weeks. You're like, dude, what's up with you? Like, are you alive? And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, sorry. I've just been off the grid. And it happens naturally. And so it's something that, you know, I want to get better at. And I spoke to my god sister a couple of days ago as well. And I haven't spoken to her since maybe her birthday in, like, December, early December. And even then, I think it was actually like a like a text or something. I don't think I I don't think I actually spoke to her. And she was telling me some stuff she had going on. It was just like you'll never call and you don't live here anymore, so you just can't come home. You didn't come home for Christmas, which I spoke to you guys about having to miss seeing my family for the holidays because you know expenses and what have you. And it was really just a lot of I felt bad because it was I can't be there like I used to be, and I don't communicate as well as I should. So you're, you feel like you're going through stuff alone that you shouldn't have to go through alone. And even if I'm just there to like help talk you through some stuff, that's, there's value in that. And you know, I could be better. And I told her that, listen, I could be better. I should be better, especially with the distance. Before, my family almost all lives in Florida except for um, Uncle Carrie's side of the family with you know Rebecca and Carrie and Auntie Olena, whatever. They all live in Tennessee, but for the most part, my family lives in Florida. And so I could always just drive to see people. All right, where you at? Where you at? Orlando? Cool, I'll be there in four hours. You Jacksonville, I'll be there in five, five and a half, whatever. I could just move. And so when you move away from your family, I think it's 
incumbent to like really try to stay tight to people because people fall through cracks, people struggle, and the more isolated someone feels, I think the more likely they are to do something maybe self-destructive, but also it's nice to just know there there's people thinking about you and that you got people in your corner. So maybe some of y'all are going through the same thing. I don't know. But I know this is definitely something I struggle with and I don't like that I do, but I'm telling you guys now on the podcast, I'm going to be better at this. I need y'all to hold me accountable. And if you're in my family and you're listening to this and I haven't reached out to you, uh, feel free to bust me up about it <laughs> because I told y'all to do better, so I need to. The main topic I wanted to get into, get into today, though, is actually somewhat related to that, staying in contact. It's really the idea of can you be friends with an ex? And I know this is already a dangerous topic because some of y'all listen to this next to your current uh, boo. And so if that's the case, I will give you a moment to pause or to leave the room or make up an excuse because I don't want to break y'all up. I'm going to take a quick three-second break. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> uh, for, the, for the longest time, my, my thought process has always been, you cannot be friends with an ex of any, like, of, of any like, significant time you spent together. If, some, if you dated somebody once and you, you know, didn't work out, that's not really an ex. Someone that you change your status for, someone you may have celebrated a birthday with or another major holiday with, if you live with somebody, for sure. Obviously, engagements and marriages are like the highest level of this. I've always had a belief that you can't stay friends with them. And not only that, I never even attempted to stay friends. It really was a, all right, we're broken up and we're out of each other's life. That's, that's been my mantra forever. Maybe that's misguided. Maybe that's childish. I'm not sure. Um, and part of that is rooted in a story that I'm going to tell you guys right now. When I was in college, I think my junior or senior year in college, I had a major crush on this girl. And she's not even an ex for the sake of the story. She's not really an ex, but it's more about the idea of trying to stay friends with someone you liked. So this doesn't even fit my own parameters perfectly, but whatever. So we're friends for you know a, a few months, and we never even like got to that girlfriend-boyfriend stage. But once she... Like moved on and found someone new. Like I wanted to stay friends because I st- still valued and cared about the person. But what happened was I still had emotions attached to it, and I couldn't separate my emotions from like the friendship. And so being around a person who you had feelings for that you couldn't be with, like hurt me, and it didn't take anything away from her. And I was really just eroding myself trying to be around her and be a bigger person. And I, and I remember in the aftermath thinking, I should have just been out when she got booed up and we weren't together. Like, it was like, all right, you got somebody cool. I can't, I can't be the fallback dude. I can't be just a dude you, like, say hey to from time. I, I can't do that. I should have fallen back because my gut told me to get out. But my head tried to be, I don't know, progressive or whatever and says, hey, you know, she's a, you guys like each other outside of the attractiveness, so why don't you just try to, like, stay in there? And I couldn't do it. Now, this may just be me not being a strong enough person. Or maybe, you know, it wasn't the right girl. But that just kind of reinforced how I felt already. 
I think if you've been with someone for a certain period of time and you live with them or you've been super committed to them, I think those feelings never really go away. And so I'll, you know, amend, I guess, how I feel. I think you can be cordial and and friendly, and I think really that works under these circumstances. You guys both can't really be around each other that much, and you both have to be with someone. And the people you're with have to also be, like, pretty cool. You can't be around, like, a new girl who's super jealous, and then you're like, hey, I'm just talking to my ex. Like, that's not going to work out. You got to be around someone who's, you know, they have their own baggage, and maybe they're friends with their exes. And so they understand the value of it, but it can't be someone that can threaten your relationship. And so if there's distance, that actually increases the likelihood of you being able to be friends with them. If it's like, oh, yeah, this is the girl I work with, but we used to date. But don't worry about it. We only spend five days a week together. It's cool, boo. Like I, I don't see how I don't see how that works. I don't know how you can separate those things, because the moment someone breaks up, now they're single and they're vulnerable. And people, when they're single and vulnerable, tend to revert back to what they know, right? Like that's why you'll see people break up and get back together with the same person, even though they know they're likely to break up again because the thing that broke you up is still kind of evident, it's still present. Like, oh, you're selfish. Well, you're selfish too, we're broken up. And then you get back together, it's like, they're probably not less selfish than they were when you broke up the first time. Not for real, they may tell you, especially dudes, we're beasts at this. A dude will tell you everything you need to hear. Baby, I did some self-reflection and I realized that I was selfish. And I would never, ever, be selfish again. I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh my God, really? Okay, cool, I'll take you back. But he's still a selfish dude. He just knew, like, he knew the, he knew the code to get back in the game. And it, just, it may take a little bit of time for that selfishness to come back out, but that is still who that person is. And so, I, don't, I feel like it's, 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 I don't know how you, I don't know how you just, like, bury all that stuff. I, I, I don't know how you, or around someone who you care about, who you cared about, and then you just say, okay, cool, you're still as attractive as you were when we were together, but now we're not together, so I don't see you as attractive anymore, and so I don't, I don't, want, I don't want you anymore. I think you can delude yourself sometimes in being like, oh yeah, we were toxic together, so we shouldn't do it again. But I just don't understand how, you can't shut all those emotions off. You can bury some, you can lie to yourself. There's a lot of things you can do to kind of like push through it, but I don't know. In my experience, a lot of guys who try to be friends with their exes are really just trying to keep options open. In my experience. Now, it's some dudes being bust out right now who may not be happy about what I'm saying, and that's cool. I'm just peeping game right now, man. Like, hey, baby, how you doing? You still good? And you're just trying to keep that thing tethered, right? So if the thing you got going on right now falls through, you know, you can maybe pull that string and maybe see if there's some, some goodies on the other, other side of it. I don't know. Um, in my experience, women are more likely to want to be friends because I think women like being friends with guys more than guys like being friends with women. But it's, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't work as much. And again, this is all my experience. If you've, some of you guys are sitting at home and you're friends with your last three or four exes. And you're like, yo, this is dope. I don't know what Chris is talking about. My ex is the shit. 
And if that's your experience and there's no drama, there's no conflict, there's no late night, y'all are having dinner and you look in each other's eyes after drinking two glasses of wine and one of you doesn't think, man, maybe we could one more time. Hey, you're living a dream or at least my dream. And I think that's tremendous and I'm happy for you. But I think it's like a like a time bomb or both parties are being a little bit, I can't say delusional, maybe that word's too strong. I think both parties are aware that there's a limit to how close they can be. And maybe that's the biggest condition about this. Maybe you can still be cool with the next, but it's like we're never going to be like besties again. We're never going to be the type of friends that we were before, where we can confide deeply and all that. We can't do that anymore because that opens up the can of worms to like the deeper you confide, the more connected you become, and the more connected you become, then that leads to all the other emotions we have and it opens up Pandora's box of you know the stuff our relationship and I think that's so maybe you can do it in a kind of like hand like arm distance manner I currently and I'm just going to sound like I'm just going against everything I just said I am currently um, maybe cordial is the best way to say it with my most recent ex and I can't say it's really affected our lives adversely. I don't think I don't think things have been really horrible so far. There's but there's a lot of conditions to that. One, there's distance. Like I don't see her, she doesn't see me. And two, we don't really do the the social media stuff. Like I'm not on her page, she's not on my page, so we don't do that part. Three, we even when we do talk, we don't bring up anything about current relationships. Uh four, we don't rehash the past. So it's no like I'm still mad at you about what you did. We just keep all that shit, <laughs> keep all that stuff to the side. And and I think it's I think we keep it we keep it lighthearted. Every time we talk, it's light stuff for the most part. And if we talk about anything that's kind of deep, it doesn't involve us. It's like you know job or career type stuff. And I don't I don't know if that's the ceiling of what our what new found friendship or cordialness can be. I don't know. This is all a new experience for me, but I know that I'm very aware every time we talk that there are pitfalls out there. And I think if you're communicating like that, then that's kind of the embedded issue, right? Like when I talk to my guy friends, we just talking, we just going, hey, what's up dog, I'm chilling, man, crazy shit, we just go. Or someone who's just, you don't have any um, experience with, like sexual type experiences with. You can just talk to, as a person and you can just let it, the conversation meander wherever it wants to and just riff and all that but I know some of you guys out there I'm using guys generally right guys and girls right um, have really good relationships with your exes and you guys have coffee together and you you know come over to the house and maybe you got there's kids involved where you guys are cool with each other's kids and stuff so maybe all this I'm saying to you just doesn't resonate you just I don't know dude I think it's I think it's just me right but I think it also takes I do believe it takes really mature people and I think it also has to do with how you guys break up I think if you break up and it's like a mutual thing where you were friends for a long time and then you break up that maybe you can what you're going back to doesn't seem like a lesser thing 
right? Like, it's yeah, we were friends for a long time, and then we became more than that. But we were really good, good at being friends. So I'm going to go back to the friendship thing. I think you can, you can probably work with that. But even then, I, 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 I can't imagine a scenario. I'll put it, I'll put it in these terms because I feel like I'm rambling. You know how people say you can forgive, but you never forget? So if you did something egregious to somebody and it's like, yeah, it's cool. Like, I, I forgive you for it. But if you guys ever got into a fight, you would bring up the fact that they did that thing to you. It's like, how dare you talk shit to me when you was a motherfucker who ate my pie last week? It's like, you said you, you forgave me for that. It's like, I did, but I never forgot about it, right? I feel like the same thing applies for relationships and, like, trying to be friends. I feel like there's no... There's no clear line of, I guess, delineation between friendship and relationship other than sex, probably. Right? So if you can take that component out, it's essentially what separates a really good friend from someone you're in a relationship with. Because you can talk to someone every day, and you can spend time together, you can spend the night at someone's house, you can be there in a time of need, and that could just be a friend. But those are the same things you do for someone you're with. It's just that you typically add the physical part to it, and that's what really separates it. So because it's such a... As long as you don't sleep with your ex, I guess that's fine, right? But if you're doing everything else, that's kind of what it used to be. I don't know how those worlds don't merge at some point. Like, I don't know how you can be having a discussion about, you know, where to get dinner and then not spark a memory of the last time you guys argued about where to get dinner from, right? So it seems like the only way to really manage the newfound friendship of, with the ex is you got to almost completely change the way you communicate or change the topics you talk about and keep it. And this is, I'm trying to intellectualize this because I haven't experienced any working version of it. So I don't know. And maybe you guys can let me know in comments and stuff, but that's the only thing that makes sense to me. And if that's the case, then I feel like you're like, you're on that eggshell kind of thing. And you can never really be friends with somebody you walk around on eggshells with. Right, if you have that one friend that's a hothead, and we all have them, right? And it's, hey, don't say nothing to so-and-so. You know, they fly off the handle. But anytime you guys may be having, like, some kind of cordial debate or you're going back, you're going back and forth, you know that you're a couple sentences away from them, like, wanting to fight or, you know, them blowing up. And it's like now it's not even civil anymore. It's like, oh, shit, they, they blew up. I knew it was going to happen. Or even friends you don't even tell certain important things to because they can't handle it. Oh, you know, they don't deal with emotion as well, so we keep our conversation superficial. We all have those friends. But you, that's, but those, those are never, like, you're really good friends, not for real, because how could you really get close to somebody you can't really communicate with? So maybe the conclusion is that, at least in my mind, that you can be friends or cordial with an ex, but it, it obviously takes work on both sides. Both parties have to be involved. But I think there has to be a realization that the level of friendship you're going to be at can't be compared to what you normally constitute what a friend is. It can't be like, oh, well, I have girls that are friends, so my ex will just be like one of them, but just someone I slept with. Like, it can't be that simplistic. It almost has to be like, you know, this is an unknown entity that I'm trying to relate to but I know a lot about already and so it's like I know what makes you tick I know what makes you this and that but we can't really tap into all that so it's like having a secret 
and being around somebody but never like disclosing what the secret is and that the whole premise of that is weird to me and so maybe that's why it's odd to be in a space I'm in now and like I said I'm, I'm cordial with my ex right now but I have no idea what the ceiling for this is and I have no idea if you know two days from now she's gonna be booed up and then the new dude is like you know I want you to seesaw communication with your ex and I'm blocked on social media. Like, I don't know how it's going to go, but it's something that crossed my mind. Uh, maybe it's something you guys can think about in your own lives. And I look forward to hearing what you guys have to have to say about it because I know some of y'all just completely don't agree with me on this because I have friends who are friends with exes. And I know some of you are 100% like, yeah, I'm with you, dog. Once we break up, that's it. I have this theory I'm not sure if I told you guys yet already, but when I, whenever I break up with somebody, I go into it thinking, this is it. And so I've never, it was like one kind of dicey situation, but I can just say for the most part, I've never asked an ex to still be friends post-workout. I mean, post-workout, post-relationship. I just worked out, so it's a Freudian thing. Um, post-relationship because I felt like that was selfish on my part because they wanted to be in a relationship and I broke up with us. And so the idea of, hey, I know you want the friendship plus the relationship part, but I don't want to be with you anymore, but let's keep the part that I like or whatever, right? It seems, it seems selfish to, to ask to still be in somebody's life after you break up with them. And so I never do. So when I break up, it's, we're done here, right? And I, now that person reaches out and says, well, I don't want to lose you in my life. Maybe we can still, you know, find some point where we fit into each other's lives. Then we go from there. But I never push it personally because I, I never feel like that's the right thing to do. I always feel like it's selfish. The breaker upper. If like once you you break up, if that person says you're out of my life, you're dead to me, that's something you got to be willing to take because it makes sense. Hey, I want to be a I want to be the GM of the company. Hey, I'm not gonna make you the GM, but do you mind staying on as the AGM and training the person to be the GM? It's like, nah, dude, I want I want it all. I don't want to be less than this. And so, if if the if you know the other part of this person says, let's try to make it work out and let's try to still be friends, you can kind of work with it. But uh, I guess luckily, usually when I break up with somebody, they don't want anything to do with me. <laughs> and so. This is practice, but this is like practice later in life. And so hopefully it works out to where, you know, it's not as awkward or we find a new normal down the line. Uh, but I'm not sure. And um, I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. If you want to hit me up, social media at Sexy Comedy on Twitter and IG, uh, Facebook at Chris Kane. And... We're going to keep this thing going. So thank you guys for listening and supporting me. And I will see you guys next week. Deuces.